This is Real with Reese. I'm Reese Stenner and I'm with Alex Edwards and we're we're uh, on podcast number two. We're excited about this, Alex, and we've been working on this for a while. Um, hey, I just want to tell you, uh, Alex is from Mississippi, right? Oh, yes. Whereabouts in Mississippi? So my fam- most of my family lives in Hattiesburg. I've got family in Hattiesburg and Jackson. But you've been so. living in these parts for half yeah. your life. Yes. More than yes. half your life. Yeah, more than half, yeah. And, uh, and Braxton, our producer, he's also from Mississippi. Hey, tell us which town you're from. Tupelo. <laughs> Tupelo, Mississippi, the same hometown as Elvis Presley for those listening all over the world. That's a famous name. Brett so. Favre comes from where I, you know, where my family is. Is that so, right? I've heard so, of him. Yeah. No, no, I, he was big. He's not as big first, as Elvis Presley. But. but when we first got here, he was kind of the man. I think Don, you told me all about him as well. So, hey, we're with Don Boykin as well. And we're, in, we're doing part two of a, of a special for this time of year that's, um, I, can believe, I hope is, is very helpful to a lot of folks. We're going to, Alex and I a little later, we'll right at the end just tell you about sort of where we're to go next but Don thank you for coming in here I introduced you last week but I'll say it again Don was a senior editor at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was the sports editor covered the Olympic Games in 96-2000 those are some tremendous pinnacles when the paper was selling 600,000 uh, each time slightly different days Don for, new, yes, for, new day. for print there was, there was this thing called the internet came yeah, along that's and right yeah probably, but we're still out there I'm not at the paper anymore but you know, it's a different medium now. People, instead of holding a paper in their hands, they're looking at their laptop or, or iPad or whatever. And they're know. doing podcasts as or, well. And doing podcasts. That's right. It's just a new way. We're, we're still about information. That's what we're doing now. And, and that's the, that business still goes on. It's just at a different level than it used to be. Hey, I've got to ask you this one, but I heard that you were once voted in as in the top 20 most influential people in Georgia. Is that true? I never really asked you that. It's, Come on, you know, I heard it's, it. It's uh, it's a little bit exaggerated. It was we were doing. This was actually more specific to sports. We were doing a story on the twenty-five most influential sports people in the state of Georgia: Arthur Blank, um, Bobby Cox, people you know that you would know. Um, and the person who was writing the story came in my office and said. I think that you need to be on that list. Nice. And uh, I told him I appreciated uh, that gesture, but um, we cover the news and we are not the news. So I, that's, I, oh, I had that's my, a good, that's a good one. I, I had my yeah. name taken off of that, and uh, and we had we had twenty five, but I just wasn't part of it. So I think gets, I think you should have been on that we, list. We put Don. you in. We vote yeah, you we in. Well, and that might have been true, but I think it was okay that I wasn't. You know, so uh, I don't think that's that story has ever been told officially, even. At uh, at various parties or anything like that. So this but, is a uh, first. Listen to this podcast. You there get you, go. you get all That's the stuff. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so. and, and Don, you, you you've been on the board at Emory um, University Hospital as well for for many years, and there was a specific reason, and that's what our. Our type, that's what our subject is about today. There's a specific reason. It's especially. Um, well, well, tell us why. Yeah. Tell, tell us why. Well, yeah, the, the 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 newspaper part was that was from an early age I wanted to write, and uh, I, avoid, I was always interested in sports. And my career as a journalist grew beyond sports um, into um, a lot of different things at, at the newspaper and coverage points, whether it was national news, world news, business features, uh, sports continued with all that. But um, – but the what made the uh, situation at Emory happened was that uh, my first wife Lynn 
went through 12 years of dealing with, uh, at the initial stage, non-conscious lymphoma, a cancer. Uh, then as a result of the treatments, uh, con- uh, congestive heart failure. So we experienced a lot of what any patient or caregiver goes through uh, on a journey like that. And at that time, Emory was starting a program called Patient Family Advisors, a bit of a misnomer. We didn't advise patients, but we we were invited into the boardroom and into the committee room, patient quality and so on to share with doctors, administrators, nurses, et cetera, about how to treat patients. Mm. And uh, so as a result of that, um, I started off as, you know, we, Lynn and I were working with, uh, with cardiology, and then she passed away in 2012, and they asked me to stay on and invited me to join the board of Emory, and I've been doing that ever since. Mm-hmm. And a sidebar to that is what's called a patient quality committee. And again, it's not to tell someone how to do a better open heart surgery, because certainly I'm not qualified mm-hmm. to do that. But I did have true experience as a as a caregiver to Lynn and later to my second wife, Susan, in that area of what I do believe doctors, nurses, and administrators need to understand that it is about the patient. And it is about the proper health care that is part of that connection between the doctor and the patient and the family. And so I was invited to share my voice and my heart and what I had experienced and what I continue to do at Emory Healthcare. I know they've wanted you to stay on um, over the years. That's a great honor. And um, yes, yeah, so, so there you were um, giving that that um, humble advice about the, p- the patient perspective, the carer perspective, and then you found yourself going through treatment again for, for your, with your wife, Susan, obviously Susan getting the, getting the treatment, and um, he, here it came around again to you. Yeah, and, well, and, it, and it's life. I mean, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to kind of, you know, diminish the impact of that, um, but it is about living life, and we do all have a story, and um, as I said earlier, Lynn passed away in 2012, and, and Susan had had breast cancer before I met her, actually, and when I got to know, uh, I didn't really, I got to know her post-Noah. Noah had passed away earlier, and so, and Susan and I did get married, and Susan had gone through, as I said, breast cancer treatment and uh, was, uh, had done everything that you can do medically to hopefully that, to stop it from coming back. And we, were, we had been married for three years, and, uh, and the cancer mm-hmm. did come back. When it came back, it came back as metastatic breast cancer, which means it was in a lot of different places. And uh, she fought it for four years, and then um, uh, we didn't lose the battle. We, that's, it's, yeah. I want to make sure yeah. I say that appropriately. Uh, it, was, it was time, though, uh, mm-hmm. for Susan to, um, to accept that, that the miracle was not going to come here; it was going to come on the other side, and would be in that in that heavenly realm that we do know a fair amount about, but we don't quite know. But it was uh, so. That's so. Susan died uh, July the first of this year, hmm. so I'm working on the sixth month, and uh, and it's the, that journey of grief. And I know that's one of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, what does it mean to I'm, grieve, and and should we grieve, and why are we grieving, and what does grieving really look like and feel like? Um, and there, you know, uh, there well, is a well, science. Well, to let's it. get into that because we've yeah. we've 
we're telling the story second round, second time round, briefly, briefly, and 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 at pace because some folks are already listening to that, but some might be listening for the first time. But I know Alex, you've got some sort of follow up thoughts and yeah. questions for for Don yeah. just as we keep talking about grief. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, we heard your story first episode, second episode. Really, my question is, uh, how should we as believers grieve? Uh, grief. You know, the world grieves a certain way. You mentioned that a little bit in the first episode, maybe by trying to cover it up or try to escape it. But as believers, uh, God gives us tools, people, scripture. How would you say, what's your advice on how we are to grieve as believers? Yeah, well, I think I think the first thing is to acknowledge that, A, grieving is something very real, and, and it, it came from the heart of God. It's to help us get through uh, difficult times in, in our lives. And so I think that's the first thing. And I think, you know, if I could be so candid as to say, men, we particularly, uh, I think, sometimes struggle. We want to just get on with things. Mm-hmm. And that's not grieving. Uh, sometimes we, we think of it as kind of a heroic way of doing I'm just going to get on with things. No, we need to. We need to camp out there for. We need I mean, to camp you, out you there. You do. For, you do a lot of stuff. You keep moving. You, you're running. You're, you're. Well, yeah, and you and I do. I, I'm yeah. a runner, and that's that's part of of me being active every day and and all that. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's to understand that that you yeah you keep living. You don't yeah. you don't go into a you know into the closet <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and stay there till you think you're you're good to go. Yeah. It's you've got to live your mm-hmm. life, and so mm-hmm. that but that does mean it demands uh, being honest about everything and and understanding that that grief is not just about. Lose, you don't just do it when you've lost a loved one. Clearly, that's an important and a, and a high-level moment. But anything that causes pain in your life, you could lose a job. It could be that you didn't get a job. Uh, it could be the way you were treated. Uh, it deals with race in a lot of different ways. It deals in a lot of different ways of, of – uh, just in, in sort of everyday things with where things cause pain. So, and so you I mean, need loss, to grieve it. Loss, everyone, we're all dealing with loss all the time, aren't we? Yeah. And yeah. and some folks can be dec- decimated over some things, whereas others would, would not even notice it. Right, uh, right. But, but losing someone in bereavement is one of the big ones. Sure. A divorce it, can, and, can and be. Divorce is like, a huge like a, one. Yes. It, absolutely. Loss and, of job. Yeah. And to understand what that, when you're going through divorce, what it means for your children, because down the road, they're probably going to need to go through a grieving period of having been the child of divorced parents and so on. So it, it, it covers a lot of ground when you look at it the way you're, you're asking me. And then once you've, once you've accepted that grieving is a necessary thing, a good thing. It's a, it's a, it's the proper journey to getting back to dealing with pain uh, and to live your life in a way that is healthy and, and uh, productive. Uh, but then it's to understand that in doing that, that you do have to feel the pain. And by feeling the pain, it means you're gonna you're gonna talk about it. You're gonna you're gonna find safe people in your life who you can share things with. And uh, and start to talk about it, and even get into the science. I do a ministry called Restoring Your Heart. It's part mm. of it's part of what New Hope uh, Church does. It's uh, it's material that came out of the uh, World Discipleship Association that's right here in Fayetteville, and Restoring Heart, and it's dealing with. 
things that have caused pain in your life. It could be things that go back to when you were a child. And all of that is the sum of who you are today and why you react the way you do and all that. And, and so it's a ministry that's 13, 14 weeks long, but it speaks directly to a, it's another level of discipleship, but it's helping all of us to deal with pain, and we all deal with pain. So therefore, I think we all need to go through a restoring your heart. Yeah, and a lot of churches are doing sort of restorative ministries. Um, we do that, you know, about grief share is something that a lot of churches do. We do that at New Hope. Restoring your heart is, yeah. is another one. And I think that's incredibly yeah. valuable. It's living a life together, Pastor. Yeah. It's it's seeing that we're all subject to the pain of a of a yeah. fallen world. Yeah. And it it won't it won't be that if those things happen, it will be when they happen. Because yeah. that that's we all experience that. We all do have a life, story. Life is tissue paper thin, as we often Absolutely. say. Absolutely. And it could be yesterday, today, or tomorrow. But we yeah. are living and then where do we get that help? And yeah. I love that we're a church that as God meets us where we are, it's through the church and us being it's not just preaching on Sunday. And you do a fine job with that. It's Thank not you very much. leading the youth, and Alex, as you do such a great job with, all that's very important. But it's in those private places yeah. that now I can tell you I'm hurting today. Yeah. Well, something interesting you touched on just a little while ago was safe a safe person or a safe place to be able to process this. And do you mind shedding some more light? What do you mean by a safe person or a safe place? Yeah, well, the place, I certainly don't mean the brick and mortar. I don't mean the table or the room or the temperature of the room and everything. It is always about the the people. and It's where you can be transparent. It's where you and I, hypothetically, could have a relationship and you want to talk about something that maybe it happened 25 years ago uh, or maybe it happened yesterday. And for us to really walk through the grieving process is to feel the pain and to share that, how you're feeling with someone that will protect you in terms of what you're saying, what you're sharing with them. And if you ask them, I would rather you not share this with anyone else, that they can trust you on that. It's, it's, it's a matter of those people in your life that can be trusted enough. And I have, I don't need a hundred of those people. But I need four or five or six of them, and I'm just making that number up. But I mean, just to speak on your behalf as well, and to partly answer the question, this is what we're involved in. But our our family groups are huge at the church as well. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think it's like eighty eight percent of the church are in a in a family group, and so that's important that we the way we handle all of life is is so crucial. You've kept ministering as well, and and you've been teaching people going through loss. You've done many teaching sessions in the last six months as well. And so isn't it amazing that when you serve, it kind of it kind of speeds the process a little bit too, no, doesn't it? No, it does. And I think that's a cultural thing. We've, you know, everything has a culture, a business, a marriage, a team, everything has a culture. It can be a good one. It can be a bad one. I think when we're, when our culture is very aware that we do suffer pain. We do do go we do go through moments where we're broken. We're broken in a really painful way. But that as a church and as a people, because it always gets back to people, that we are a people that cares about one another to make sure these type of ministries are part of the very fabric and and the culture of who we are. But it can get down to it's a one-on-one. What I like to refer, and I think it's the classic ministry where we all 
have the joy of being exactly what God wants us to be in somebody's life when we can be knee to knee with that person. If I'm knee to knee with you, Alex, then I'm looking you right in the eye and you can trust me and I can trust you. And, and we have a different relationship as of that moment because now you're a safe person or I'm a safe person for you to share what I need to share because mm-hmm. some of that, even sharing it, could be incredibly painful mm-hmm. and we need to be able to trust each other. Well, I, I Tell me a little bit about um, sometimes we don't get it right in relation to each other. And you're very gracious on that. But um, when my dad died, uh, I tell you what, what what the church did right was that they kept loving me. The pastor preached the word. We were in the fellowship group. They they cared for us. And they were, the um, the youth group leader's wife would occasionally ask, I was 14, like, a, how are you doing? You know, But we didn't have many resources available those days. But but I think the church kind of did the right thing. They got me... They got me involved in ministry. I was I was singing and and all that that kind of stuff. But uh, in those days, we didn't talk about it much. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends just said, uh, uh, "Sorry about your dad." I was like, "Oh, thanks." And uh, you know what I mean? We didn't talk, but we we almost talk about it too much in one sense these days. We kind of let it all hang out in the culture. Right. right. Um, and so, are there any? What, what are the good things? And uh, what are, what are some pitfalls? Yeah. No, I think I think you brought up an interesting point that sometimes when we're in our place of hurt, we do need someone that we can be vulnerable with and talk about it. But we also need people who we don't need to wallow in it and, 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 and if you will, kind of bleed out all over one another. And, and that someone can help us with those kind of things too. I've, I've got a good friend. It's a, it's a, I, I guess it's a great Southern uh, uh, thing. Uh, maybe it's from the North as well or, or from the West. But um a good friend after after uh, Lynn had died back in 2012, and he he declared to me, he said, "Don, there's a there's a thing in the South that that when a dog gets hurt, that dog will go up under that front porch, and that dog won't come out. So you got to go up and get it." And he said, "Don, uh, there's going to be a day, and you're going to go up under that porch, and you're not going to want to come out. I'm going to come get you." And I think that's a pretty good visual of. Uh, that I need somebody who will come get me, but then, but then not to stay there. The, the key thing is that we, want, we do want to move forward as opposed to get on with things. Move forward, but move forward in a healthy way and move forward with people who are, who are, who you're, that you're going to be held accountable by. And they will come get you up under that, underneath that, that, that porch, you know. Um, I love that. And Christian ministry is kind of getting people from out under the porch in one and, sense. And there's no, that's what we're doing every week. Hey, I got, I got to thank you for one thing, and that is, uh, Don and I go for a walk most most weeks, don't we? Probably mm-hmm. probably forty forty weeks of the year or something like that. And um, so, you know, we, we we'll face each other after all kinds of all kinds of stuff. But through some of your darkest days, your most challenging days, um, I've sometimes just needed to talk to you as well. Hey, can you give me some advice about this? Or you know, could be a practical ministry thing or just a, just a personal thing. And sometimes it can feel like this is really pathetic. You know, there is Don while Susan was sick, you know, with a with a very sick wife. Well, there's Don having just lost his wife. So I'd ask you that. And I, I've never felt like you're going like, well, that's really trivial stuff, Reese. I just want to thank you because you've you've let me do life with you. Yeah. It's not been all about Don. If you know, even though I most weeks I'll tell you, man, you're doing well because you know what? I think you're doing incredibly well. Whatever well is, I think you're doing it. Um and that's a whole subject in itself, isn't it? But um, just thank you for doing that. And I, I think that's really helpful to, to maybe to say that because 
you are making a difference. You are ministering to others. You're ministering to me yeah. um, during one of the more sad seasons of your life. Yeah. Well, I do believe, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, I've never gone through what you're going through or what I'm going through isn't near as horrific as what you're going through. Yeah. And, and I, I really don't. I, I really would rather people not think about it that way. Let's not let's not position this, all of this and one's worse than the other one, um, because the reality, whatever you are going through, it it is it's an important part of what you're dealing with at that time in your life, and it could be a business situation, it could be whatever it would be that that we that one might ask a, a friend and so on. So, and I think that's important because we all do go through things like that. We do. We talk about it all the time from a from a Christian spiritual standpoint. Standpoint that we live in a fallen world, and and uh, we know what that means. Going all the back to the front end of the book, Acts. I mean, I'm sorry, not Acts, but Genesis. Um, we get plays out in Acts in a in a very real way, of course. You know, in the in the New Testament as opposed to the old. Um, but it, it is we do go through things because this is a world that has sin as part of it, and. And things do happen to us that um, hurt our hearts, and mm-hmm. and so because of that, I, I think we're all wounded, and to certain degrees, and and we're the sum of all those things that that add up to how I feel today, and how I'm reacting to things today, and and how I deal with fear in my life, or how I deal with shame—not ashamed, but shamed—and and from an emotional standpoint, it means shame is that I don't make mistakes; I am a mistake. And there is a dramatic difference between those two sentences, because the moment I start feeling like I am a mistake, then the enemy is winning that battle over my worthiness. And God says I'm special. God says um, I'm important to him. God says I'm significant. And all those kind of things start to play out as a result of what we've experienced as children and as a, as adults and what we've gone through. Um, and Don, that's... you. you- you kind of do that every week with a group of guys that have often hit rock bottom big time in in addictions and and so that that plays out there but that every one of us the bible says we've all sinned fallen short of the glory of absolutely. god absolutely so, that's but, all of us but there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus and that's and, one of our favorite scriptures that we talk about in the restoring your heart ministry is that god basically put within all of us four needs acceptance value Security. Um, gosh, and I forgot the last one now. But, uh, <laughs> That's how it goes, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but uh, golly, yeah. it'll come in a second. Yeah, it'll come. But it'll but no, and because we need to go to God to have those needs met. That's the point. That's, that's, a great that's, point. that's the point. And and not to go to the world. The world yeah. doesn't have an answer for us. Yeah, but God does. Hey, um, we got we got one minute left with Don. Anything you just want to tease out from Don, Alex? Yeah. I just uh, man, your heart. Uh, for people and your heart to help people and the experience that God has allowed you to go through and the wisdom you have to share, especially for, for me and being a minister, you know, I see teenagers go through things I couldn't even imagine. So I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for being so open and honest about those things. And uh, man, thanks so much for your ministry. Well, I think the Lord, I think he connects with us at the heart. And I think that would that obviously would mean that we're going to connect with others at the heart. 
And uh, I know, Pastor, you've heard me talk a lot about the heart over the years. I think it's the best thing we all have. When God mm-hmm. says to me and to you and to all of us, everyone listening, you are my beloved, that's a heart moment. But it's also a very real moment that we don't want to miss the tangible, if you will, evidence of what a loving Father, God Almighty, says when He calls me His beloved. That's so intimate. It's so powerful, and it's so redeeming, and it helps me get up every day and go live my life for Him. Don, thank you so much. And if anyone's just really struggling right now, I I, I know you've brought hope that, um, man, I mean, I want to say you're doing an incredible job. Here you are doing a podcast six months after losing a loved one for the second time in similar fashion. Obviously, every story is different, but a similar kind of story. And uh, we just, we're, we're proud to be your friends. And um, Alex, um, great questions you've been asking as well. So thank you so much. And thank uh, you. we'll, we'll, we'll um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to maybe carry on this conversation another time. Let's get you back and yeah. talk about some other stuff as well because uh, there's a whole load of stuff. Another time we'll have to tell everyone that when Don officially retired, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas wrote a thank you letter for for, for Don's incredible uh, career. So I think that's that's pretty amazing. So um, Don, thank you. And, thank you. and Alex, we're going to wrap up this one as well. Um, you and I are going to be talking uh, the next couple of weeks about some stuff. So looking forward to that as well. Looking forward to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anything you've got to say just before we, we wrap up? Yeah. Excited about the podcast and what the podcast will bring and and for the help and the impact it could have. Great. And I mean, today's subject's on grief. Interesting beginning points. Like, what are you going to talk about? We're going to talk about grief. But actually, <laughs> this is where so many yeah. people are at right now. Apparently, 45% of people... Um, Dread, literally dread Christmas. You got some. Well, to that's say? what I was going. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to yeah. say. We're in the holiday season. Obviously, Thanksgiving is coming on now. Christmas, but I think it. I think it shows that we are we're relevant to what's what is going on. This it is a time of happiness. But there are a lot of people out there who are struggling, and people yeah. who don't know that there's there's a way out. They don't they don't know of a conversation they can have to kind of get to a healthier place. Yeah. I think. I think it's I think it's a perfect thing to bring up yeah. in this season, and and it's very real. I can yeah. say that with great yeah. honesty. There are times when I'm sitting at home on at eight thirty at night, and um, and it hurts. Uh, but and I love that we're doing this. I know you've I, I'm honored to be the first one called up yeah. and, and all that. But this is what the church ought to be: that we're living life with people. It's not just a sermon or a class or a study or whatever. All that's incredibly important. I'm not minimizing that at all. But it, but this has taken it to a to an intimate level where we're now going to talk about things in a tangible, functional, vulnerable way, knowing that all of us have certain things that, that we need to deal with. And, and this is the church, I think— being a, a hand and a, an extension of God to touch people's lives. Thank you so well much. Done. Thank you so much. And uh, see you all next week. Mm-hmm.